passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus Right, let me read some of your responses. We'll also get to your emails, B at gmail.com. Uh, Joe DeMeo, our friend, wrote, Eileen Juan Soto. Tone Rodriguez going with Soto. He'll play big in New York as a Dominican, and he's only 25. This should be an absolute no-brainer. I think that both guys will play big in New York. You know what I mean? Like, I think Juan Soto will play big in New York. I do think that Otani plays big in New York. Soto, who will be 26, as opposed to Otani, who will be 30. This is Ken Selinsky writing. Plus, if you sign Otani and Soto to the same contract, same number of years, which would likely be 10, Soto's only 36 at the end of his deal and is still most likely productive. I don't want to be paying another 40-year-old 45 to $50 million with Otani. Jay Sweat writes, I was out on Otani the second he said he wasn't pitching next season. If Otani, to Jay's point, was a good hitter and a good pitcher, and that's what made him great, I'd agree with you. But let's not forget that this past season, Shohei Otani was a left-handed Aaron Judge. So as much as him not pitching is a massive disappointment, you're still getting something really, really good. Dan G writes, if we get Yamamoto, definitely Otani. I understand the connection in terms of they need pitching. You know, the Mets are going to have to add two or three starting pitchers. We'll do a pod coming up focused on starting pitchers they need to add. And Otani doesn't at least do that in the short term. Josh Vega writes, whoever says yes first. <laughs> yes, unfortunately, if it was that easy. Aiden writes, Soto is comically overrated. I, You know, I think he may be overrated. I do. Because... I think we overrated him because he was somebody he was he was somebody three years ago that he isn't quite right now. Like I legitimately thought this is our modern Ted Williams. 
That's what I thought he was. And now he's a really productive player. He's not quite Ted Williams. So maybe that's me. Maybe that's our issue. Maybe we overrate, not overrated, but reacted to what he did at 19, 20, 21 and thought, wow, this is amazing. It's only going to get better. And the reality is it hasn't. Evgen writes, I'm the first one to remind people it's Steve Cohen's money, not ours. But if the assumptions are similar contracts, that's a huge overpay for Juan Soto. He's an all-star DH, but the valuation should be somewhere between Lindor and Judge, not Otani's insane valuation. Well, guess what? It's not what Otani wants. It's what the market is willing to give him. Nick writes, I don't get these results. He's responding to Otani winning the poll. One guy you're paying for his past and a known injury. The other has 10 great seasons ahead of him because people forget how young he is. Soto all day. Look, in free agency, you're paying for what you hope the guy does, but of course you're paying for the past. You're paying that that player repeats his past. So Otani is coming off a year in which he led the league in home runs or was going to lead the league in home runs. I forget if he ended up actually leading the league in home runs. And then he got hurt. Your assumption is, your hope is, he's going to be able to do that again. Um, question to you. Because one thing that we talked about is, like, obviously, like, you know, the, what stats or what, what Otani brings to the table, what Soto brings to the table. Say if, what, what, what is more valuable to you? Because the contract should be part of it, right? It's going to be a ton of money regardless. If Otani gives you three to four good years, mm-hmm. but a 10-year deal, or Soto gives you seven good years for a 15-year contract or whatever it is, like what to you is more valuable? Like, what do you mean? Like how many years I have to get out of that contract to say it was yeah. worth it? Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. I think a lot of it is, does it contribute to a championship? <laughs> you know, if it contributes to a championship, I'm good after one year. You know, give me one good year, <laughs> we won a World Series title. I think, well, with Otani, it depends how many of these years, let's say it's a 10-year deal. How many of these years do I get him pitching? Like, how many of those years is he out there as, whether it's a middle of the rotation or top of the rotation arm, how many of those years is he pitching? I don't know. Like I remember when we talked about Otani a year ago before any injury emerged, I was like, I'm skeptical. He's going to be able to keep this up. And I still am because Otani right now is in the prime of his career. Age wise. This is the absolute prime of his career. And he's about to miss an entire year due to injury where he's not going to be able to pitch. So to assume he's going to come back now in his thirties and give you three consecutive years as a reliable starter is tough to believe. I like to say, if you could get, I'd say on a 10-year deal, six of the 10 are all-star productive years. I think that's a win. Well, I'll ask it to you this way. Without thinking about it, before we go through how many of them were productive, was Carlos Beltran a really good Met? Yeah, I think he was one of the best free agent signings as a Met, yes. All right. Year one, he played and was below average. Year two, year three, year four, he was awesome. So we have three years in which he's great. Year four and year five, 
He didn't play enough. So we are six years into his deal. Three of them were great. Two of them, he just didn't play enough. And the third, he wasn't good. So we're at half and half, right? Would Mm -hmm. you agree that's a half and half contract? Yeah. Year seven, the final year of his deal, he was tremendous. They traded him at the deadline. So he was three and a half really good, three not acceptable. That's 50-50. And you just said that's one of the great free agent signings in the history of the Mets. So does that that answer it? (laughs) That just shows that the Mets need to sign better free agents. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no doubt. Jimmy Kearney writes, I'm trying to find a way to prove that you're wrong about Otani. Oh, that's an interesting subject line. Evan, yes, Otani offers so many options. He could return as an elite starter, or as you pointed out last offseason, could become an elite closer. However, since Otani isn't pitching next year, I considered both of them as offensive players. Perfect. That's what I did, Jimmy. Based on his age, athleticism, and the Mets' philosophy at really competing in 2025, Juan Soto makes the most sense. He'll be 26 years old, contemporaries of the current batch of prospects the Mets plan to build around. Soto's young, but putting him on a team with younger players he could mentor offensively is something to consider. I don't believe Otani offers that. At 26, Soto is still two years away from entering his prime. As a general manager, I would project we haven't seen nearly the best of Juan Soto. But I think you may argue, Exactly. The Mets plan on competing in 2025. So getting Otani now will assure he'll be in the rotation in 2025 when it really matters. I can't argue with that logic, but I'll try. What percentage do you put on him being in the starting rotation come opening day 2025? I put it 50-50 at best. I'd argue there's a 75% chance he doesn't throw his first pitch until his 31st birthday, which is July of 2025. He had Tommy John. He's now had a second surgery. He's now a pitcher with shoulder issues. We haven't beaten over the head with this exact scenario for years. Does the name Jacob deGrom ring a bell? As a GM, I'd have to strongly consider that we've seen the best of Otani as a pitcher. He may duplicate a dominant season, but even if his rehab goes perfectly, it's still going to be nearly two years since he's pitched. Which leads me to my final decision to wait for Soto. With the three main reasons being his age, health, and leaving the DH spot open to be our soon-to-be aging players, Lindor, Nimmo, and hopefully Pete, and whoever else may have, uh, whoever else may bring in an off day. I'm not even that confident in my argument, but you kind of pissed me off when you said it was Otani and it wasn't even close. <laughs> ah. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. So, I agree with his assessment about the pitching. I do. I think that's a really 
fair way to look at it, that it is very difficult to rely on him to pitch in 2025. I think Otani pitching is the added bonus. It's the added bonus that Juan Soto can't offer. But Jimmy also made the point that he believes Soto is entering his prime. I project we haven't seen the best of Juan Soto. So from an age perspective, you're right. He is entering his prime. He's going to be 26 years old upon his year one of his new contract. So that should be his prime. But I've sat here for three years and I'm looking at a guy that's not performing better than he performed in the first three years of his career. So I'm not as confident to project 26, 27, 28 years old is going to be the best years of his career because his last few years hasn't been the best years of his career. So that's part of my worry that you may not be right that we're about to be seeing the best of Juan Soto and that Otani right now is the better offensive player right now. This last season, he was the better offensive player over the last three years, not just one year. Over the last three years, 21, 22, and 23, who's been the better of the three players offensively? That's the question. And the answer to that question is it's close, you know, because Soto wasn't bad in 2021. He was actually very good in 2021. But in 2022, he had a big step back season. And in 2023, he had a good year. Otani was better. So if Otani is that close offensively to him, and then you've got the added bonus potential of him starting and matching up with that Met timeline by pitching in 2025, that's why it's Otani and it's not even close. Even though Jimmy would disagree and say it's very close, you're wrong. You know what scares <laughs> you know what scares me about Soto too, by the way, is he did go to San Diego uh in 2022, and that stretch when he first got traded was bad. Like we joke about it, yeah, and I and I will come back as stupidly with this co- this comment, but Daniel Vogelback put up better numbers traded to the Mets than Soto did with when he got traded to the Padres. I know. We, that, I think we did we did that on the Rico last year, <laughs> and it's like kind of dirty to remind ourselves of it, but we did compare the numbers. Yes, it's, it's but it's the truth. It's true, and it's scary because who knows if Soto. He's he's playing in a major market in San Diego with a stacked team and not performing that well. If he comes to New York, we're gonna be we're we're gonna be ruthless. Oh yeah, yeah. Let's not forget that we will be completely ruthless. And this is a good point Clayton brings up about Soto. Soto strikes me as a bit of a diva, as reported through several sources. The Padres had a ton of clubhouse issues this year, and we know that the Mets clubhouse wasn't exactly great either especially after Tommy Pham doubled down on the work at the claim this past week. Do we really want to pay a guy 500 to $600 million and add him to this clubhouse that is lacking a big-time leader? I understand we'll have a different manager, and maybe that manager could potentially fix some of the issues, but I think this is it. But I think in this day and age, the star players on your team have to have a lot of say in the clubhouse. Guys got to gravitate to them because of their star status. So that's why I would prefer Otani over Soto. For Otani's part, I've always liked the Japanese players and their mentality when it comes to baseball, for the most part, Kazmatsui excluded. They play the game the right way, and Otani seems to like that he's had a pretty good guy in the clubhouse in Anaheim. Again, this doesn't mean I don't want Soto if Otani doesn't sign here, more just why I choose Otani over Soto. There is some concerns about that. If we make a big deal over the Met locker room and concerns over it, 
the Padres had more problems than the Met locker room. And now you're taking a guy from that room. And I'm not saying Juan Soto was the issue. I have no idea. But we did talk on the last pod that they need leadership in this room. I don't know if Otani or Soto offer that skill. Well, the question with Otani is, like, I, I know that he was hurt. So what? what's the point of play like, the last month of the season? But he left the team. Like, what was that about? Like, the, is he going to leave the team if he's not – a hundred percent healthy again. We don't need. We need someone who's going to be a leader yes. in the clubhouse. And I don't know if either of those guys fit. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> the The leader thing is so tough because I think sometimes after the fact we know, hey, that guy's a great leader. I don't know if in the moment we know who great leaders are. Like we could look at different rosters and go around baseball and say, is that guy a leader? Is that guy a leader? I don't think any of us really know to be honest with you. But there is one conclusion we could come from Otani versus Soto. Either guys have met, we'll be pretty excited. <laughs> Either guys have met, we'd be pretty pumped up. One other thing, and I know this is a big deal for Pete, big, big deal for Pete, that the New York Yankees are hot to trot, to go out and acquire Juan Soto. And they should. I mean, Juan Soto is built for Yankee Stadium. Now, he is perfect for that Yankee lineup. And there's this fear, and I got a lot of tweets about this as well, saying, yeah, but the Yankees are going to trade for Juan Soto. Wouldn't it be pretty sweet for the Yankees to give up three top prospects, go get Juan Soto. He's built for Yankee Stadium. Juan's not signing a contract now with the Yankees. He's going to go to free agency. And then the Mets outbid the Yankees for Juan Soto. And the Yankees give up all these prospects for Juan Soto to basically rent in the Bronx but then buy in Queens. How sweet would that be? That would be amazing. But then I just have this feeling that that is to be bad blood there. And somehow Soto would be probably the worst free agent signing in history of sports, which would go, <laughs> would, would go the back. Like, like, Oh, we got you. No, no, we, we didn't get you. That's funny. <laughs> well, we appreciate you listening. Any comments or thoughts? Of course, you can always email the pod to Rico B at gmail.com. A few things coming up real soon. Number one, we did a preview of the bullpen last week. If you missed that episode, we went through who's in this Met bullpen, who won't be in this Met bullpen, who they could potentially target in free agency and via trade. We'll do the same thing with starting pitchers, which we all agree is their biggest need going into the offseason. So we'll look at the current starting pitching options, the free agent starting pitching options, and then obviously trade ideas for starting pitching. We'll do that coming up. We'll do our managerial rankings. And then right after this World Series ends and the offseason begins, we all will offer our Mets offseason plans. Who they should sign, who they should target, any trade ideas like our big plan for the Mets offseason. So a lot coming up as we dive into this Mets offseason with the World Series finally ending soon. Max Scherzer in Game 3 of the World Series didn't pitch badly. He just didn't pitch very much and had to come out with injury. So I'm still trying to figure out how I feel about all that. But either way, we appreciate you listening. RicoB at gmail.com to email. Hoff with the midday show, 10 a.m. on the fan. Me with Tiki, 2 o'clock on the fan. Thanks for listening to Rico Bronin. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Rico Bronin podcast. It's amazing, isn't it? Make sure you download it now to keep it on you at all times. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. 
With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.